Uh, so I saw this this come out from FAIR, and I, I'm like, this is insane. And, of course, the media is like, for the most part, the mainstream media, and you don't really watch it, but they, they're just ignoring it. But this is unbelievable. Uh, illegal aliens and their kids costing you and me, taxpayers of America, $135 billion a year. Matt O'Brien with Federation for American Immigration Reform. FAIR joins me now to talk about this. Matt, how you doing, man? Pretty good. How are you today? All right. So how long did it take you guys to come up with this data for this report? Uh, quite a long time. We update this around every four years. Uh, during the interim, we are always paying attention to what new data is available. And it took us about six months to draft the actual document. Wow. Um, what are the major major drivers of cost here for taxpayers when it comes to illegal aliens? And by the way, you say their kids. Their kids could be American citizens, right? These are like almost the DACA kind of or the or, or I mean, these are the anchor babies, I should say, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, that is one of the things that's ignored by a lot of other organizations that take a look at this. But our feeling is that these kids, even though they're U.S. citizens, wouldn't be here but for the fact that their parents are breaking the law. And a lot of them have special needs that have to be paid for by taxpayers. In particular, probably the biggest driver behind all of these costs is public education. And it costs much more to educate a child who's limited English proficiency than it does to educate a kid who speaks English when he or she shows up at school. You know, I, I noticed that. I saw that. I think it was in, t- tell me if I'm right or wrong here, if, so, if, a, if a child goes to a public school and can't speak English, it costs about twelve grand a year? To on average to to get them the education they need that's correct it, it depends on what part of the country you're in, but generally speaking it it's by orders of magnitude significantly more expensive uh, than it is to do just the standard curriculum because it requires things like one on one tutoring uh, it requires the teacher to focus on a single subject all day long until people have the ability to speak in language. then you can get to the basic reading writing and arithmetic that we all remember from school. Wow. So, I mean, I don't know if you have this data from went uh, that far. I mean, illegal immigration is obviously all over the it's all over the whole, the country. Right? It's all over the country. But a state like Arizona, where we are, I mean, we're in a mess. We are running out of money. We have no money. We're broke when it comes to education. Uh, the fact that we are so close to the border with uh, with people that obviously don't have English as a first language. Is that in your mind playing a big part in us going broke when it comes to the education? Oh, it's playing excuse me, an enormous part. Uh, The fact is that you have all these people coming in who are not putting back into the economy. So what FAIR does, we we look at all the different costs that come up in connection with people who are illegal aliens. And that includes everything from estimations of how much they pay in excise taxes to what kind of services they consume. And the fact is when you total up all of the services and then you estimate the amount of taxes that they pay, and our estimate is way larger than anybody else's, we we guess they pay about $19 billion in taxes. But compared to the $135 billion that taxpayers lay out in order to cover the cost of the services they consume, it's nothing. And, And they're not paying for the services that they get from the United States. Basically, the U.S. has become a giant welfare program for people who are illegal aliens. So this this is incredible, yeah. Because you hear that they pay taxes, illegal aliens pay taxes, and and you guys gave them, I mean, I mean, a pretty big uh, drop in the bucket there, nineteen billion dollars. But yeah, one hundred thirty-five billion, uh, they're on the wrong side of it. Um, so you have education as major cost. What are other major major cost drivers when it comes to uh, why taxpayers paying one hundred thirty-five billion a year for illegal aliens and their children? Sure. So the two other ones that that uh, are just totally obvious. 
One is the tax system, and because of the system of refundable credits, which are payable usually on the basis of a U.S. citizen child, and uh, other tax refunds and, uh, and deductions, what happens is you have a situation where illegal aliens previously did not file tax returns because they were afraid of getting caught. But the IRS said, well, our responsibility is not to enforce the immigration laws, it's to collect, collect taxes. So they allowed illegal aliens to begin filing taxes with what's called uh, an individual taxpayer identification number, which you don't have to be a U.S. citizen to get. So the net result is that you have illegal aliens filing a tax return, and rather than paying money into the system, what they're doing is they're actually generating a profit from the United States government. We're paying them to be here illegally because they collect so much in both refunds of all the money they paid, but also individual tax credits that are paid out to them as pure profit for them. You know what's crazy? Is there like a big business, Matt? And by the way, we're talking with Matt O'Brien, uh, Director of Research with FAIR, Federation for American Immigration Reform. Uh, FAIRUS.org is the website. The, the study's up there. I'll link to it on my Facebook page as well. Um, I mean, I don't know what the tax business looks like, or the tax system looks like in Canada or Mexico or any other country. How do these people that come here that can't speak English, they come here illegally, how do they know that they can actually file certain paperwork and then and then basically get paid to be here by the government? Well, part of it is the U.S. government, in its efforts to get people to file tax returns, has begun producing information in all different kinds of languages. And then there is an expat network uh, that reaches back to the home countries and that has publications in people's native languages. When I was working for INS, because I'm old enough to have worked for the old Immigration and Naturalization Service, we would apprehend Cubans in Miami that would show up with completed WIC applications before they ever got here. Holy cow. Um, so, and that was in Cuba. I can't imagine they would send it back, but uh, obviously somebody was... They paid somebody and they got what they needed. But, I mean, do you think there's got to be organizations? Because Mexico loves the fact that they, you know, their number one source of income is money sent back to their country uh, from their people here in America. So, I mean, do they have programs where they literally instruct their people to come to America and fill out that kind of paperwork so they can get extra money and send whatever they can back? Uh, certainly there are. Um the Border Patrol has recovered all kinds of documents published by the Mexican government on people that they've apprehended that explain how the benefit system works here. But, but you raise an even more important point. The remittance payments, the money that people send back to family and friends or businesses in their native countries, is money that's taken out of the U.S. economy. Yep. So the United States government doesn't tax that money like a lot of, of other national governments do. Uh, but the other problem is when people spend that money in the United States, most people may not realize this, but if you're a visitor from France and you buy a pack of cigarettes and you buy a bag of chips, you're paying excise and other taxes on those purchases. So when that money that immigrants send home is not spent in the U.S. economy, a lot of the monies that go for funding things like water treatment plants and sewage systems and roads is not being collected off of that cash because it's not being spent in the U.S. economy. Oh, man, this is incredible. Uh, I'm looking at what you guys did. Again, Matt O'Brien with FAIR, Director of Research at FAIR, fairus.org. Um, the breakdown is incredible. The federal government of the $135 billion. federal government uh, has to pay $45 billion of our tax dollars every single year. And state and local costs are almost $89 billion. So 
I mean, is there any outrage from the states to say, what the heck is going on here? I mean, you're, you're costing us so much money. That depends on the states. I mean, certainly in some states like Texas, there is some outrage. In other states like California, the states are the biggest aiders and abettors of the illegal alien population. Uh, most states have a, a, a choice to decide whether they want to give federally assisted public benefits to illegal aliens, and a large number of states choose to do that. And that's because the way the system works, the federal government gives block grants to fund these programs to the states. And under some warped notion of constitutionalism, the federal government has passed regulations saying that the states are free to give this to whatever residents of the states they want, regardless of their citizenship status. Wow. Uh, Matt, can you hang with me for just one second? I'm running out of time here, but I want to find out what can be done about this. I want to find out if anybody else in the media besides talk radio is contacting you about this. Uh, sure. can, can you hang on for me, if you don't mind? Sure, no I, problem. Thank you. Uh, Matt O'Brien, fair... Federation for American Immigration Reform, fairus.org is the website. Again, I'll link this up on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like it and follow it, and then you can see it as well. We'll continue. Get answers to these questions and more stuff that, I mean, the welfare programs, all this stuff, it's incredible. Uh, you got to hear it. It's coming up. KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Continuing. With Matt O'Brien, Federation for American Immigration Reform Director of Research, with this groundbreaking report about American taxpayers paying $135 billion every year. And it's only going up, unfortunately, uh, for illegal aliens and their children. And in Arizona, by the way, uh, apparently it's $2.314 billion a year. Yes, over $2.3 billion a year is what we pay here in Arizona. $4,700 plus dollars per alien incredible matt thank you for uh, for sticking with me i appreciate it sure thanks for having me on um this this is just this is this is ridiculous um one of the things that i saw that was just a, a shock here is the uh, the medical expenditures for uh, expenditures for states uh and, and i'm looking at this and medicaid for citizen children of illegal aliens so they come here illegally then they have kids and they don't they can't pay for their own health care we have to and the states pay almost two and a half billion dollars a year in Medicaid costs? That's correct. It's crazy. Um, <clears throat> because of the way we do health care in this country and we rely on a primary care physician as a method for keeping the cost down, a lot of the groups of illegal aliens don't go to a doctor, obviously because they're here illegally. So what they wind up doing is becoming reliant on emergency rooms and urgent care clinics where the costs are much higher and they don't have preventative health care. So overall their medical expenses tend to be significantly higher than what they would be for your average everyday American, and the taxpayer is footing the bill for those expenses. And on top of that, we have to pay because uncompensated medical expenses, $6.9 billion a year, states lose out. Uh, hospitals, doctors, $6.9 billion, so of course, that make up that cost, we have to pay for it, right? And that's the result of, of legislation like uh, MTALA, which is the Emergency Treatment and Labor Act. So there's a bunch of laws on the books, both at the state and the federal level, that say that hospitals are not able to turn people away that are seeking certain types of medical treatment. What happens is then people don't pay for that treatment, and in order to keep the hospitals running so that they're available for the rest of us, the states make huge block grants to hospitals to cover their unfunded expenses. So what can we do, Matt? I mean, do we just deport the illegal aliens and the costs go down? What, what can be done? I mean, do we do they do better checking? Do we change our laws? Because we can't continue to go down this road uh, where you have welfare expenditures at almost $3 billion a year. Um, 
uh, justice expenditures, almost $11 billion. Again, education uh, for the states, almost $45 billion. What, what do we do? Well, all those things that you mentioned are good solutions. First thing we have to do is deport the violators and reestablish some respect for our immigration laws. The fact is that most people come here illegally knowing that they're probably going to get away with it because until President Trump was elected, virtually no one took the enforcement of our immigration laws seriously. Second thing you have to do is turn off the magnets. The world knows that there are freebies available here in the United States. And it's not just things like welfare programs, it's free public education. There's a case called Plyler versus Doe that was decided in the 80s that says that illegal alien children present in the United States are entitled to a free public education. Of course, the Supreme Court decision didn't say who was going to be stuck paying for that, and it's the American taxpayers. And then finally, we need to change our laws so that there's actually some logic in our immigration system. Logic meaning that it puts the the interests of the American public first and doesn't worry so much about all the things that we're going to provide for foreigners who don't have any right to be in the United States in the first place. So basically stop being politically correct and just rip off the Band-Aid? 100%. There is no reason why we need to be politically correct. What we're talking about is the fiscal and financial health of the United States. And this isn't something that we should be soft on because we could go bankrupt over this. And this this could be the the thing that tips the United States over because if you don't have enough money to pay for things, it gets extremely difficult to keep providing those things. Well, do you think there's any any will to do any of this? Or, you know, we have such wussified lawmakers that are just slaves to the Chamber of Commerce and cheap labor and everything else. Because I'll give you an example. Right here in our shopping center, uh, it is not the nicest shopping center where our radio station is. There is a Department of Economic Security office, DES, and I've talked to some people that actually work there, and they say it's frustrating because people come in, can't speak a lick English. We know they're not here legally, but we are not allowed to ask when they fill out paperwork to get uh, an EBT card or whatever, whatever they need. We are not allowed to ask anything about their immigration status, and they get it. They're approved no matter what. Which is shocking, because if you went in there as a U.S. citizen, they'd ask you about all kinds of different things, like whether you're complying with the deadbeat dad laws, whether you've drawn any any previous benefits. So it's amazing that we've become this self-devouring society where we treat people who don't have any right to be here from a foreign country better than our own citizens. And the fact is, if, if we don't change this, it, it's going to be a major problem for the United States because we can't continue to wreck rack up the amount of debt and the budget deficits that we're currently incurring. Now think about it. If we had $116 billion that we were not spending on these folks, what are the things that we could do with that? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, you want to talk about lowering education costs, hiring more teachers, health care. There's all, there's all kinds of stuff. So, all right. I mean, have any lawmakers, uh, either state lawmakers or federal lawmakers, seen this and contacted you and said, this is incredible, I'm going to use this and I'm going to, I'm going to fight for America? Um, every time we publish this, that happens. We get interest from both mainstream media, which tells us we're wrong, from the conservative media, which thanks us for producing it, and then we get all kinds of interested lawmakers who ask for additional information and ask us to provide them with handouts so that they can illustrate to both their constituents and other lawmakers they work with the seriousness of the problem. And the fact is, there is a political will to change this, but most of it resides in the American people as opposed to their elected representatives. Now, the positive that came out of that is we got Donald Trump as a president instead of Hillary Clinton, and he's been taking steps to try and improve the situation. But as you can see, every time he does something, you have these groups like the Immigrant Rights Project, the ACLU, and the Southern Poverty Law Center come out of the woodwork to file lawsuits against these things. 
And in a lot of cases, they don't even have any legitimate basis for filing these lawsuits. So we're at a crisis point in American politics. Uh, any of the main three networks contact you guys for interviews or anything like that about this study? Um, their radio affiliates have. It takes a while for the television programs to catch up if they ever do. There yeah. seems to be less fear of conservative political thought on radio than there is on network television. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what, what fear? Talking. Words. It's so scary. So scary. Uh, and again, Matt, and this is Matt O'Brien, Director of Research for FAIR, Federation for American Immigration Reform, FAIRUS.org, great organization. Um, now, you also, in your, in your prior life, again, we had John a, a few weeks ago talking about the DACA program, and you were the, uh, the head, basically, security guy. You, you were in charge of looking at uh, the DACA forms for USCIS, Citizenship and Immigration Services, to look for fraud. And you broke the news to us, and everybody should be everywhere. I got so much feedback on that interview, it was insane. Um, that there's so much fraud that Obama just said, let everybody in, basically. Doesn't matter. You know, peep ties to terror, you name it. Uh, now the story came out last week that Trump, uh, I guess, has doubled the rejection rate. Uh, obviously, he's headed in the right direction. Is that enough? Do you think it should be more? Um, you know, it's tough to say. It's relatively early days with President Trump, and we're very happy that he's doing the things that he's doing. Um, the question is, with programs the Obama administration put in, like the DACA program, that they had no authority to do. What are the long-term effects of this? And so now you see that DACA has become a big bargaining chip in Congress. The fact is, it was bad program, and it was illegal. And in terms of fraud, the thing to take into account with that is, I was actually the, the chief of the National Security Division. So the DACA cases that I saw, by the time they got to me, they were the worst of the worst. Mm. The fraud guys at the front end were seeing everything from the garden variety stuff to the totally terrible stuff. And the amount of untruth that accompanied this program was insane. And the fact is that the Obama administration just deliberately turned a blind eye to the whole thing because they weren't happy about not getting legislative immigration reform. So they did you know, what is not typical of the U.S. system, but typical of Latin American dictatorships, and said, well, we're going to impose this by executive fiat. Now you have to live with it. And as you can see, it's not going away. It's something that we've been stuck with. Yeah. Oh, God, it's terrible. Uh, Matt, thank you for, uh, for doing this report, and uh, look forward to getting you on again in the future, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. You got it. Matt O'Brien, FairUS.org. I'll put this up on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like and follow it, and you will see it. Uh, and you can share it because it is incredible stuff. I have more details about this that you need to hear coming up, and you can react. 880-KNST, 880-5678. Right now on KNST, here is the news.